from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is VSIN Prime Time. Live from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, here is Tim Murray. And running on a Tuesday evening, getting you ready for divisional round weekend. Eight teams remaining. Shortly, they will be here in Las Vegas. We are brought to you by DraftKings. That is Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst and host of the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. Today, a short episode from the Hardwood Handicappers. It was uh, Jonathan Von Solo today on Good the uh, on the podcast feed. I was. I bloviated for about uh, 20 minutes. Only three games. Uh, nobody could join me today, so still worth the listen, though. Still worth the listen. Absolutely. Rate, review, and subscribe, as yes. we always like to say. Uh, but yes, we will get to the three NBA games. We got a, a pretty juicy college basketball slate, a bunch of um, winning streaks on the line. But let's get to the divisional round weekend, JVT. Two games Saturday, two games Sunday. And we have seen a little bit of line movement. Houston and Baltimore, this line had been up a, uh, for a good good portion of last night. Mm-hmm. Got banged down from 9.5 down to 9. Uh, that is where we sit right now, a consensus of 9. No 9.5s out there right now. Does it ultimately get down to 8.5 where you get the teaser opportunity? Matt Brown and I predicted what this line would be last night. I thought 7.5. Matt predicted 8.5. It opened 9.5 down to nine green bay and san francisco this is the line that has been up the longest and this one gets knocked off of 10 it is down to nine and a half no tens out there right now total of 50 and a half i do see a 51 there at circa tampa and detroit six and a half now across the market do we get to seven as it looks like some money has come in on the detroit lions early and then finally the finale and the closest game per the odds makers opinions Kansas City and Buffalo, which seems to be JVT trending towards three, and even DraftKings has just touched three, uh, had touched three for a moment. Looks like that got banged down uh, to two and a half, total of forty-five and a half, which has seen movement towards 
the under, JVT. So we've got these four games. Initial feel from you and if anything you uh, were looking to fire on immediately. Yes, uh, I will go to San Francisco and Green Bay. And uh, I, I think there's a couple of ways to attack this matchup overall. But I'm going into it with the vibes of offensive success here for the San Francisco 49ers. I don't think that when we see this push here from the Green Bay Packers and obviously into the divisional round, I still think this is a team that can you know, be had on defense. I mean, in fact, oh, yeah. the Dallas Cowboys had 510 total yards in that matchup, averaged 5.7 yards per play. It was just a very explosive day offensively for Green Bay. But I think that when you look at the limitations of Green Bay, I think it is on the defensive side. So when you're talking about playing a well-schemed team that has had time to prepare and get ready for you, right? They found out immediately with Green Bay winning that that was going to go off to San Francisco. So you immediately start game planning at that point. And I think nine and a half is a perfectly playable number, but we'll see what the market does with it. But Tim, I'm looking for like, I think team total over for the San Francisco 49ers, total touchdowns over potentially, but just banking on offensive success and potentially even this game going over the total, we can go back to, I think, uh, I always forget what week it was, but if you remember the San Francisco 49ers a couple of weeks back um, had that matchup with the Arizona Cardinals, right? That game ended up finishing uh, 45 to 29, where it was a game that went well over the total, but San Francisco was never really in danger of not covering. I, I really believe that that's probably what we see this coming weekend. I think San Francisco has, has all of the horses here to take advantage of this really porous defense. And on the flip side, maybe they give some up to a very well-schemed and good and a well-playing quarterback in Jordan Love. I just don't think it's going to be enough here in this matchup. I think it's a great matchup for San Francisco. Do you put any stock into LaFleur versus Shanahan and the success that Shanahan has had? I was going the rear-end whippings that uh, yeah. LaFleur has been given. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so, only because... I will say, like, I think that LaFleur, in his time as head coach of the Green Bay Packers, they've never really been a particularly dominant defense. Like, even in the times when Aaron Rodgers was winning uh, those MVPs, right? Like, that was, a, that was an above-average defense, but you were much closer to average than well above average. So, I think when you look at it, it's just really hard from that perspective to really find something to gravitate toward other than the fact that Cal Shanahan is always going to have an offense that is playing very well, and it's going to be tough to defend. And you as an offense have to be able to keep up with that. Now, I think LaFleur can do that to a certain extent, but I think when you talk about, what is it, the youngest team that we've seen since whatever year, yeah. now after a big win on the road. Youngest then, team in the NFL right now. Yeah, there we go. That, yep. And then to go on the road to San Francisco to play a team that is, you know, at least the core, has been to the Super Bowl, has been in the NFC Championship game, has been winning these, has been right at the cusp of this greatness. You know, I was on a podcast, uh, I was on Will Hill's podcast, should have yeah. been more, and we talked about it where it's just, you kind of forget because we get wrapped up in Wild Card Weekend how good these top-seeded teams are. And when it comes to San Francisco taking on Green Bay, I think we're going to get reminded of that one pretty quickly. Yeah, and once again, it's super early, and I know everyone... By the way, shout out to the new website. You were tweeting about it today. New website looks great, vcin.com. Yeah. Make sure you go check it out. Read up on uh, all of our write-ups. Great new uh, look there, but still the betting splits that everyone knows and loves. Super early uh, to look at these betting splits. But my initial hunch, JVT, was that you were going to get a lot of regarding the Texans and the Packers and how well those two teams played over wildcard weekend. Two teams that, for the most part, I know for, for certain the Browns were one of the most bet-on teams last weekend, right? Yep. And you and I liked the Texans. I didn't think they'd win by 31. They went out right. and dominated that game. And then whether it was from a side perspective, we had Chuck Esposito on the show on Friday from Stations Casino, and he said, oh, we're huge Packer fans, right? Everybody thought the, the Cowboys would take care of business, whether it was in a teaser 
or covering the spread, all angles, people thought the Cowboys would take care of business and the Packers whipped them. So as we have learned for a long, long time, it is a very reactionary league from the betting standpoint. So I do wonder if the two Saturday big dogs, nine and nine and a half, where you've already seen early push towards the dog, if those do become, to coin a phrase from Chris Felica, dogs with fleas a little bit, where you get people looking to take Houston, plus the points, looking to take Green Bay, plus the points. And look, very impressive performance from Green Bay. We're going to talk to Mike Sanford, who I'm sure will gush over his guy, Jordan Love, a little bit later on in the show when he joins us. But let's not forget, to JVT's point, that this defense flat out has stunk the majority of the year. They played well on New Year's Eve against Minnesota with Jaron Hall as the starting quarterback. And I, I don't know what to make of the defensive performance from the Packers, JVT, this past weekend because they get the big interception from Jair Alexander that gives them the short field. They get the pick six from uh, Darnell Savage and basically ends the game, makes it 27 to nothing. So were they empty calories that the Cowboys were picking up? I think there's some, some, uh, some reality to that, but... Look, this is a San Francisco team, kind of like Baltimore, where they had the bye week, and really they've had two bye weeks to prepare for the Green Bay Packers. And Kyle Shanahan, as we uh, mentioned just briefly, 2019 NFC Championship game, it was in 2020, smoked them in San Francisco, 37-20. to 20. I think that was the game where he most went for like 200 and some odd yards. He just Still ran running. nonstop. And then they went to Green Bay as a dog, and they won that game in an ugly game with Jimmy Garoppolo there. So... I don't know if I want to put too much stock in that, but yeah, my initial thought certainly would be to look a little bit towards the San Francisco 49ers here in this spot. Yeah, absolutely. And like you can pull together a couple of other statistics, right? 20th in the regular season, Green Bay was defensively against the run by adjusted line yards allowed, uh, a, a FTN metric, right? So it gives you a measure of how good you are up front against the run, well below average. This is a San Francisco 49ers team that is going to be able to run the ball and set up what they want to do via play action against this team. You know, overall, in terms of defensive metrics, uh, uh, right around the fringes of the bottom 10 in terms of EPA per play, the Green Bay Packers in the regular season. And I I don't think you could say it's empty calories. They had that deficit pretty early in that game. You just got to play defense for a while. And the the Cowboys did at least have some sort of life in that game. And I, I don't care if it's, you know, a deficit that you were facing, you gave up 500 total yards and over five and a half yards per play. That's a below average defense and one that we saw, right? It's not like it was a, it was really good defense and all of a sudden they gave up 500 yards in a game. They were up big. No, like this is something we saw this team struggle with throughout the entire year. So I think overall that this is one where San Francisco is going to get theirs, which is why too, Tim, like in terms of what I'm like scaling on what I like in this matchup, like the team total, right? Total touchdowns is three and a half over minus 125 for San Francisco. At this point right now, that's at the top of the list for me in terms of plays to make. Then second would be minus nine and a half in this one. And we'll see what the market does, but I still think nine and a half is a playable number. But banking on the 49ers offensive success, I think is something worth looking at. We're going to get into all of these games, early thoughts on all of them. The big one, Kansas City and Buffalo. Later on in this hour, we will hit on uh, JVT's breakdown of the night of the NBA. Only three games on the schedule tonight. But JVT, I know, uh, has one play that he likes and uh, maybe throw in another one. I know you wrote it up uh, for the website as well. I've got a couple college basketball angles. Jim Root going to join the program later on this hour. But let's get to Houston and Baltimore. Uh, When I look at these three games, the, the game that... At this point, I had the least feel on would be Houston and Baltimore. 
Houston right now at DraftKings, as uh, as I look at the updated line, it is actually ticked up. Oh, no, excuse me, ticked down to nine. Uh, was nine and a half. So a little bit of Houston uh, momentum coming in. And I, I understand it, JVT. I understand why people are looking to bet on the Houston Texans here after the performance that we stall. But is it another situation where are you are you selling high on a Houston team like we sold high on a Green Bay team going into Baltimore? They look phenomenal at home against Cleveland, but is this a spot where we're selling high against a Baltimore team that you look back to week one, 25 to nine Baltimore victory, kind of a clunky, weird game. Point spread was nine and a half. Yep. It hasn't adjusted one bit from week one to now the divisional round. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little on the side of like the, the one seeds this week. This one I'm not as strong on, but I think Baltimore, with the way they play defensively, C.J. Stroud, I think, is going to be in a, in a, for a tough one. We can have more on that, but I think against this uh, secondary, which is one of the best scheme secondaries in the National Football League, it's going to be a lot of tight windows, and going on the road after a big home win, not sure I really love it for C.J. Stroud and the Texans. Divisional round weekend, we're counting it down. Saturday, got two games, both pretty decent-sized favorites as the one seeds. And then on Sunday, boy, a lot of chatter about Detroit Lions. Ooh, smooth sailing, JVT, into the NFC Championship. Hmm, maybe. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. This 
This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge through the NFL playoffs and Super Bowl, the VSIN experts have got you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get access to our daily best bets with a leaderboard to see which VSIN expert has the hot hand. Betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving for every game, plus betting systems, premium analysis, and 24-7 video access. Sign up today. Get your first 30 days for only $9.99 to see everything vsin has to up your betting game visit vsin.com slash subscribe to sign up now alongside jonathan von tobel our senior nba analyst the three game nba slate coming up shortly as uh, we'll take a look at those games and uh, our best bets for this upcoming evening i am tim murray we're live here at the circus sportsbook in downtown las vegas nevada you know as you look at these two Saturday games, we'll get to the Sunday games here momentarily, JVT. Do you think there is a hesitation from these books to try to avoid going to eight and a half, to open themselves up to teaser liability, or are they just going to move with how the market moves them here? Yeah, I guess. I mean, because, but here's, I feel like, yes, to an extent that is probably true. I also think that there's probably a lot more public bettors who just like teasers regardless of what the number is. That's true. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, I think the vast majority of people who are going to be putting in teasers this weekend are not sitting around and going, all right, let's get this thing down to eight and a half so I can tease it. You know what I mean? Like, I, so I can tease this through the two key numbers. A lot of us do. And the people who impact the market more than the average Joe are waiting for that as well. But I think that when you have – we always talk about this, right? The Super Bowl is the primary example of it. Yep. But when you get these standalone playoff games and right, and the market becomes you know smaller and smaller, and that there's like four games and then two and whatever, it, the public does have a little bit more influence on where the market's going to go. So there might be some resistance to it. But I mean, right now too, we'll see if Detroit gets up to that seven. That that might be the resistance, or it might just be they don't want to go to a key number. But regardless, I think those who are out there, they're going to put these teasers up. A vast majority of people are teasing regardless of what's happening. That is uh, 100% accurate, and probably the vast majority be like, ah, six-and-a-half-point teaser, what's the difference? Just I'll pay the dollar forty or whatever it sure. is and, uh, and, roll, and roll that way. Uh, but let's get to the Tampa-Detroit uh, game. 3 o'clock Eastern in Detroit. Great atmosphere on Sunday night there as the Lions get the victory 24-23. to Rams get the cover. Rams outgain them, too. You know, we were talking about this last night with Matt Brown, and... You know, Derek Stevens and, and so many others, you know, associated with Circa that we have gotten to know our big Detroit fans and anyone who's a Detroit fan, you, you feel happy for them that they've won a playoff game for the first time in three decades, some people's lifetime, JBT. But man, it certainly feels, at least early on, it certainly feels like, well, Detroit's just going to the NFC Championship. Wow. Think about that. Detroit, San Francisco, that's going to be a fun one. Are we overlooking Tampa Bay. And, I, and I'll be fully transparent. I said it on this show for a week. I'm look, I was looking coming into the playoffs to fade both Philly and Tampa, and of course they played each other, so I ended up staying off the game, but clearly I should have played Tampa. Are we just... Are we handing this to Detroit a little too easy here? A team that got outgained by 100 yards and felt like really jumped off to a, a phenomenal start and then 
slowly things just got whittled away, right? They go right down the field. It's 7-0. It feels like, all right, here comes Detroit. And remember, there were a lot of people that liked the Rams plus the points. Ultimately, mm-hmm. that came home, but there were a lot of people who thought they would win. They thought the Rams were maybe that Browns type of team that could make a run and you know upset the apple cart, so to speak. No one wants to face the Rams. And now it, it's starting to feel like that love affair that we saw so much, especially last year with this Lions team, JVT, has returned after everybody saw Saturday or Sunday night, excuse me, just the incredible atmosphere, the jubilation from everybody, Dan Campbell, Jared Goff, everything that is associated. I don't know, man. I Tampa's intriguing me. Haven't bet it yet because, hey, man, maybe we get seven. We might be able to. I'm with you, and I'll just go back to when you, when you watch that game, the Lions, to, to for lack of a better term, got somewhat lucky in this game against the Rams. I mean, you mentioned it off the top, but you were outgained 425 to 334 in terms of total yardage. You gave up 7.7 yards per play in that game. If you look at um, tackling, some tackling metrics, if you will, right? Uh, PFF grades on almost everything tackling. How about this? Of the six starters defensively, or excuse me, of the 11 starters uh, defensively for the Detroit Lions, six of them had PFF grades of 54.1 or worse in terms of their tackling. Right, like That was a very poor defensive effort by the Detroit Lions, and Stafford wasn't pressured all too much in that game. And if you can't pressure Baker Mayfield, Mayfield this season was very good when he was not under pressure. 24 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 7.7 yards per attempt. He, I think, can, as we have seen this offense kind of grow a little bit, especially against defenses that raise your floor a bit, right? Which I think Detroit, up front against the run, they are very good. They play the run very well. But we saw that their secondary is susceptible to very big plays. And I think Baker Mayfield in this offense for Tampa Bay can exploit that. So I don't think I'm comfortable with coming in here and laying six with the Detroit Lions. You couldn't cover three against, uh, right, against the uh, Los Angeles Rams. And I get it. That was everybody's darling, as you mentioned. But they were very lucky to get out of there. And again, with some decision-making on Sean McVay's part, who knows what happens if you go for it on that fourth down instead of punting it away and essentially never getting it back. Like, I think this Lions team, if they're going to play the same way they did in that secondary defensively with the poor tackling and the giving up of big plays, I don't know why you would feel comfortable laying six points in a spot like this when I think that this Buccaneers team is perfectly capable of taking advantage of something like that on offense. Yeah, and I mean, Baker Mayfield, <laughs> as we joked last night, looked like he got the good stuff uh, because he was he was feeling himself after just being all sorts of banged up against the Panthers. And hindsight being twenty twenty, it boy, it felt like we could have got the Buccaneers at a really good buy low spot. I didn't ultimately bet the game. I felt, you know, it felt like, you could buy low on the Eagles, but as we saw last night, it seems like that team was just completely out of it. But, you know, you look at the Buccaneers, they were fortunate to not only cover their finale against the Panthers, but win that game sure. as they won it 9 to nothing. But, man, that team, they just looked different last night. And I don't want to maybe put too much stock into a JVT just because the Philadelphia Eagles, they look like a complete dumpster fire. Who knows what's going to happen? But it, it feels more so the... The narrative, so to speak, after what we saw last night was Philly stinks. What's wrong with Philly? Fire Sirianni. You know, Jalen Hurts getting yelled at on the sideline. Kelsey's retiring. Bucks played really well last night. Baker Mayfield played really, really well last night. Uh, absolutely. And let's flip this around because we always we, we focus on offense. You know, the Buccaneers, 
Uh, one of the few teams that were able to stop the tush push yesterday, right? Why? Yeah, because Vita they've Vea. got a, yeah, they've got a really strong interior presence along the defensive line of Vita Vea, where you're not, I think at least, going to be able to run the ball at the clip that you expect to if you're the Detroit Lions. They come out of the regular season only giving up 3.9 yards per carry on the ground. I think that they're a really good team up front defensively as well. You've got a really good safety. I, I think that you've really good safety play, I should say. I think that this team is clearly they were a little undervalued as we came into the year, right? Again, them along with the Rams are one of the top five teams in terms of worst record in the National Football League before the season began. And now here they are in the divisional round after beating up on the Philadelphia Eagles. And I get it was a home game. But Tim, I think there's a lot more strengths here for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to stay inside of this number, potentially pull off an upset. And I don't know if there is because these are all professionals. I guess it's worth putting like the sprinkle on top of the Sunday, if you will, like the sprinkles on top. That was a big emotional win, right? Yeah. You, you finally get the monkey off your back. You get the playoff. Jared, win the good. First you're time. good enough for us, right? You, the first time. So what was it 91? Since I was one year old or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah, two. Since I was two years old. Like there is something to you know for a team like that. That's the. That's not the achievement, but it's pretty damn close to the achievement. And then now to get a team that nobody expected anything from to come into your building playing with house money and kind of letting it rip with some strengths that they can take advantage of. Yeah, I don't think I'd be rushing to lay that at all. I think that for me, it's going to be bucks or pass, and we'll see what the market does. If you get that full seven, I'm jumping all over that. Six and a half right now. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if uh, we get there. Obviously. The finale of Divisional Round Weekend is the one with the shortest spread. It's the one that we've seen a lot with these two teams uh, going head-to-head. We'll have all sorts of different talking points where you think about the 13 seconds to get into field goal range to force overtime, the changes in the overtime rules because of what happened just a couple years ago, the fact that these two teams have played now three times in four years in the playoffs, the only time Patrick Mahomes, I believe, has lost as an underdog was earlier this year in a very, it wasn't a controversial car, Kadarius Tony was offsides, but it made it controversial because it was a cool play that Travis Kelsey threw backwards on. This is the game everybody wanted. It's headed to Buffalo, and we've seen early support JVT on the Buffalo Bills. Out to two and a half, even touching three. Uh, as we sit here right now at DraftKings. Yeah, and I think, I'll, I'll keep it quick, I think it's the right side. I, I think that Buffalo has shown us all year long that they're a very good team, and we saw glimpses of it against Pittsburgh, and we saw glimpses of Josh Allen ceiling against Pittsburgh as well. That's Jonathan Von Tobel. He's our senior NBA analyst. We got a three-game NBA slate. He's got some bets. I've got some bets for college hoops as well. Our best bets of the night. They're next here on Prime Primetime. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray on VSIN, the sports betting network. Start your morning with a daily dose of winning strategies, insider tips, and the latest buzz with, ooh, people like free things, JVT, the free VSIN daily newsletter. In today's newsletter, first and foremost, it's promoting that brand spanking new. Website over at vcin.com. It's got your betting splits as well. A lot of content. It's free. vcin.com slash newsletter. You get your expert analysis, latest odds delivered straight to your inbox. Absolutely free. Alongside JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, I am Tim Murray. It is vcin primetime divisional round weekend coming up. Got our early thoughts in, and uh, I didn't give you much time. Let's pour uh, 
That was poor hosting. Not a good pass to you. I gave you about 20 seconds. So uh, let's put a bow on early thoughts. Obviously, right, man, we'll that's what I'm here for. You give games. it to me at the end of the shot clock, I'll put it up. We have seen movement with Juice and one shop in DraftKings going to three. Uh, you and I both have futures on the Buffalo Bills. So I like where uh, I like where we sit as they're still alive in the postseason and they are a home favorite. Buffalo lay in two and a half. We'll say is uh, that's that's the consensus, right? Juice two and a half at most shops, JVT against Kansas City. You said it going to break that you feel like this is the right side. Why is this the right side in your opinion? So first off, I will say this: I, um, I these are my only two AFC futures or like Super Bowl futures are Kansas City and Buffalo. So uh, from an actual betting perspective, this will be a somewhat boring day for me because I'll just sit back and see what happens. But I do think that Buffalo is the side. I think that the Buffalo ticket will move on here because I think that when we look at this, like I, and this is to a fault at times, Tim. Uh, but I, I I I look at data and numbers, and I like those things. And I, and I yeah. do when you look at Buffalo in almost every single stisti- uh, statistical return, it would tell you that they're the better team, and they get to play at home here against the Kansas City Chiefs. Home field right now is equaling out to about two and a half points. So this says the two sides are equal. I don't think that's the case. I think Buffalo is slightly better. I think Buffalo is a better offensive team. I think Josh Allen right now gives them more upside, more explosiveness. We saw on the 52-yard run that he had against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, he, that guy is still there. And this team overall, while they had their struggles – is seemingly peaking at the right time. Like, they kept Pittsburgh, you know, we've done the analogy before, right? Just kind of kept them at arm's length the entire time. It was not one where I thought they were particularly in danger of losing at all. There were some spread implications. Right, exactly. But, like, there was never one where did you ever think that they were going to get upset by the Buffalo or excuse me, by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Josh Allen on this team is good enough, and you saw it. Like, 203 yards through the air, 74 yards on the ground, four total touchdowns, and a defense that is very, very good. Maybe not on par with Kansas City, but it's not too far off. I just think that at this point right now, given every number that we have gotten back here that says that Buffalo has been this team, and we're here, right? They're the two-seed hosting a divisional game. Why would I not believe that this team is going to be able to make it through a, a team in the Kansas City Chiefs that, while they racked up over 400 yards against the Miami Dolphins, frankly, it was the Miami Dolphins. And as we know at this point right now, it's not that big of an achievement to do this to Miami. I think that this is a really good spot here for Buffalo to come in at home and take care of business against the Kansas City Chiefs. And they've gotten the run game going, too. You know, I think that's an underrated aspect, I feel like, of Buffalo lately, is that James Cook seems to get it going. Not that he have a, a monster day. You talked about Josh Allen having the big run, and I think you'll see more of that. I mean, early uh, early lines, and we can kind of dive into the props a little bit later on, but, you know, early rushing props on Josh Allen, 43-and-a-half. So you've seen a pretty big adjustment there. That was like 36-and-a-half, I want to say, maybe 38-and-a-half. So a pretty sizable move. Josh Allen but you know this is a in these types of games as we've seen since this team was what six and six JVT and hasn't lost since Josh Allen has been utilizing the legs more yeah and and I the one thing that we should focus to on Kansas City they're a very good defense but it's that back end in particular that's very good Tim this is a team that comes in they ended the regular season they were 25th in adjusted line yards allowed 28th in overall just yards per carry allowed at just over four and a half of 4.57 
in terms of power success, stopping runs on third and fourth down and two or yards fewer to go or forced, you know, goal-to-go situations or two or fewer yards. They were dead last in the National Football League. They stuffed only 16% of opponent runs behind the line of scrimmage. So I'm painting the picture of this is not a very good run defense overall. And when you talk about not only the improved run, de- uh, run offense for the Buffalo Bills, but the fact that you have a battering ram that you can run at times in Josh Allen in different situations, and we see it all the time from them, the quarterback power sweep that they run all the time, I think that this is just a matchup that does work in their favor. And we haven't even gotten to the obvious issues, which is, look, an offense that you go back to the Miami game. Again, I mentioned the 400 yards, Tim. That should have been a, a blowout. That should have been, and that was kind of a lopsided victory. That should have been a blowout. But how many times do we see them get in the red zone and it was either penalties from the offensive line, right, issues offensively that kept Kansas City from Double actually Kelsey drops too. Yep. From breaking that game open, if those issues happen again, you're not going to be taking on a Miami team that's got Tua Tungavailoa struggling to, you know, right, coordinate their offense or run. Like this is going to be an offense that you're going to have to keep up with. And I don't know if you continue to make those mistakes, you'll be able to do that here against Buffalo. Much more on uh, divisional round weekend. Certainly, we will get a, an insider perspective of both Baltimore and Houston in hour two of the show. Uh, we will get Mike Sanford on to talk more about Jordan Love and the quarterback play that he has seen so far. But we do have uh, some hoops to get to, our best bet portion of the show here. Three games on the NBA docket, so a light slate tonight. Listen to uh, you on the drive-in on Hardwood Handicappers. Recommend you uh, get that wherever you get your podcast. It's free, folks. Just uh, hit that subscribe button. Give it a little like and uh, rate and review. Um, three games. Denver at Philly. Philly laying one and a half. Sacramento at Phoenix. This number is at four. Phoenix laying four. And then your Clippers taking on Oklahoma City, who lost last night to the Los Angeles Lakers. The old L.A. back-to-back. Clippers laying six. Take us through uh, tonight's NBA slate, GMT. Yeah, since we have it up, we'll go with uh, Suns and Kings first because this is the uh, the interesting matchup here. And the way I put it in the column today was, you know, the larger the sample size grows now for the Phoenix Suns, the more incredible the returns are for this big three. And they're starting to play together, which is what really matters. Damian Lee and Bol Bol are the only guys listed on the injury reports. We know we're going to get the big three, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, uh, and Devin Booker. How about some of these numbers for those three? With those three on the floor together this season, the Suns have a plus 27.8 net rating, or they outscore their opponents by nearly 28 points every 100 possessions on the floor together, and an offensive rating of 139.7. So again, over the course of 100 possessions, with those three guys on the floor, they're scoring 139 points, essentially 140. This team's been great. And one of the things that has the Sacramento Kings or the Sacramento Kings have run into here is the fact that their defense has started to slip as we somewhat expected. They are now 21st in overall non-garbage time defensive efficiency. And Tim, I just think that this is the time now where we're going to start to get on the cusp of a run here for Phoenix. They're already 7-3 in their last 10 games. They're starting to play better. The market has been kind of keeping up with them a little bit. 7-3 straight up, 4-5-1 against the spread in their last 10. But over the course of those 10 games, they've outscored their opponents by 11 points every 100 possessions. So I just think I'm banking on continuity. The Suns were a team that I was very high on coming into the season, but the injuries derailed everything. And now that I'm getting more and more games with the crew that I thought was going to be out there, I think the Suns are worth the play here. So yeah, lay, I laid four with the Suns. Obviously, fours are still out there. I think it's totally worth the play, obviously, still at this point. Let me get to uh, the L.A. and uh, Oklahoma City game. You are Captain Clipper, uh, and they have, uh, they've been rolling here. Lay in six. Uh, you talked about it on the podcast, the L.A. back-to-back. So you know, I think it was last week where we talked about Boston was just in an absolutely brutal situational spot. They were catching, what was it, five against Milwaukee? It might as yep. well have been 50. I mean, I guess they would have covered yep. 50. But um, it was just a terrible spot. 
How do you handicap the L.A. back-to-back? Because you've talked about this a little bit here on this show and on Hardwood Handicappers, too, where the L.A. back-to-back, where you play the Lakers and the Clippers or Clippers and the Lakers, isn't certainly as daunting as uh, as their other you know spots. No, I think you view it as a home back-to-back, right? Because you're, you're going into L.A., you're just going back to your hotel, and then you're coming back to the same arena the next day. So you're not moving around. You know, you're not doing anything that's going to change your schedule at all. You're not flying in anywhere. So this is just a general, hey, like treat it as like a home back-to-back or like a half-home if you want to, uh, considering that they're not. But I think this, it's more than just the back-to-back here. This has actually been, I was kind of going over this. Not only is this the third game of Fortnite, second leg of a back-to-back, Shea Gilders-Alexander's been dealing with a knee sprain. He's going to play, it looks like, but still kind of beat up. How about this, Tim? In the month of January, so we're, it's January 16th, the, the Thunder played their first game in January and January 2nd. They have already played nine games. This is going to be their ninth game in 15 days. Like, this has been a busy team so far this year. Now your best player has a little bit of an issue with his knee, playing on the second leg of a back-to-back. Clippers played on Sunday, but got off, of course, and they went back home. They've been home and had a day off, so they have a rest advantage here. And I think also from just an on-court standpoint, they've got an advantage. you got two big-bodied wings in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, who the Thunder don't really have an answer for defensively. And you, on the flip side, have answers defensively for them. And while Avicii Zubac is not going to play, you're still big enough. you still got Plumlee. you still got Tice. And you still have the size overall in your front court to take advantage of a somewhat smaller team in the Oklahoma City Thunder. So I think all of these things came together where uh, I've been on this Clippers train. Right now, it's kind of it's still going, but we're sitting some of ebbs and flows. This is going to be a pretty good test because situationally, this is a very good spot to come in here and lay it with the Clippers. So we'll see if that comes to fruition tonight. Top of the hour, we'll get back to the NFL. Jason Lockenfora will jump on the show. A couple uh, college hoop plays, and we'll dive into these more with Jim Root on the other side. Gave this one out last night. Cincinnati laying three against TCU. Really tough spot for TCU. Three straight games. Kansas, Oklahoma, Houston. Now they have to travel to Cincinnati. Going to lay the three with the Bearcats. And then Mountain West late night tonight. We'll dive more into this one, JVT, as the show goes on. Laying the six with the Lobos against Utah State. Laying the lumber. Don't love doing that, but I think this is a very good spot to fade Utah State. More on tonight's college basketball slate with Jim Root. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray on VSIN, the sports betting network. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Vegas only on DraftKings Sportsbook with that code. Once again, Vegas, the crown is yours. Alongside Jonathan Von Tobel, I am Tim Murray. It is VSIN Primetime. We are presented by DraftKings. We are live here in Las Vegas. And uh, we head down to Chicago, Illinois, to bring in our good friend, Part of the three-man weave, second chance points is where you can find him on Twitter. And uh, let's just say a, a gentleman that was uh, pretty pleased by the performance of the Green Bay Packers over the weekend. That is Jim Root, who joins us right now. Jim, I will give you 30 seconds because we bring you on to talk college hoops. How are you feeling about the pack this weekend catching nine and a half out in the Bay Area? Well, considering what San Francisco has done to the Packers in the playoffs for years and years and years and years and years and years, years, uh, I'm pretty nervous about that particular game. I wouldn't say I'm going to recommend hammering the plus nine and a half, but I'm just very positive as a Packers fan right now about the the future of this team with the way Jordan Love is playing, the young receivers, all that. So I'm excited, Tim. Hopefully Love can conquer the demon that Aaron Rodgers never could. But even if not, still feeling good as a Packers fan. Easy headline. Love conquers all. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that's the easy one. Uh, uh, let's get to a game real quickly uh, that I that I bet. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully the home team in this game will smoke said opponent, and that is Cincinnati and TCU. You know me; I like my situational spots. This seems like a brutal one for TCU when you look at the three game stretch that they've had here, Jim. Where you know a week and a half ago they get jobbed in some people's opinion, against Kansas on the road. They turn around, they beat Oklahoma, they beat Houston, and now they got to travel to Cincinnati, Ohio to take on the Bearcats. This game tipping off top of the hour. You could still get a three. Market's starting to move up to three and a half. Where are you, Bearcats and Horn Frogs, tonight at 7 o'clock Eastern? Yeah, with you on Cincinnati. I think it's a great spot for them. They're coming off two losses. Kind of a heartbreaker down at Baylor. Really, really competitive with the Bears on the road. Now this is TCU's first time headed to Cincinnati. I think we're going to see an increase in the the value of home with just the spreading out of this league. BYU is going to have a great home court. Cincinnati is going to have a go. And I think UCF is going to end up having a pretty solid home court. We saw that show up. Uh, We saw that show up against Kansas already. And Cincinnati here, yeah, like you said, TCU just been playing so well lately. Can they really put up another one of those performances against the Cincinnati team that takes away the rim pretty well. That's the key against TCU. They can't really shoot, but they will bludgeon the rim with drives, with transition, trying to get to the free throw line, offensive rebounds. Cincinnati's got Aziz Bendego in the lineup, the uh, defensive player of the year in the WAC last year at Utah Valley, transferred in, got eligible. You put him with Victor Alakin and the other size that Cincinnati has up front. I think it's a pretty good spot and a good matchup. So I'm riding with the Bearcats on that minus three, Tim. Let's get a victory there. All right, Jim, I want to stay in the Mountain West because I want to go to the Mountain West, excuse me, because there is a spot here somewhere, but I don't know which side it falls on. Do you go against Utah State, who should have lost the game to UNLV on Saturday, or do you go on or with the UNLV running Rebels, who are on the road after losing a heartbreaker? What are the ramifications of the Aggies' win over the running Rebels on Saturday and how you play against it? Because I feel like there's something there, right? 
Yeah, with Utah State, I'm I'm kind of saying they got lucky to escape with that crazy miracle win, uh, insane comeback in the final possession there to win at UNLV. Now they go to the pit. I, I think second road game back to back after you, know, you could feel like on a road trip. Hey, at least we got that one. We stole that one at UNLV. I'm not, I'm sure they're not going to roll over. They're too well coached. They're too physical to do that down at the pit at New Mexico. But I think it's going to be tough for them to put forth another great performance on the road. We already seen New Mexico just be terrific at this venue this year. Just took San Diego State to the woodshed in the second half over the weekend. Seems like maybe they're starting to figure out that backcourt rotation with Mashburn and Jalen House back. You know, early in the year it was all Donovan Dent, and now uh, it seems like it's setting up well uh, for for New Mexico here is that w- with how they're coming together. On the other hand, man, I, UNLV's played a bunch of really good games in a row too, and to come off that heartbreaker. Perhaps that motivates them on the road tonight, but uh, I'm going with Boise there. Boise does have a, a tough spot themselves. So, you know, that's that's a little bit dicey considering they're uh, sandwiched between two big games against two t- uh, two powers in the league. But I'm sticking with the home team there in, in the Mountain West, both those uh, Boise State and, and New Mexico, I think are, are solid bets. Uh, although I do believe New Mexico's up to six. I, yeah. I prefer that one down at five. Yeah, no, the, the market has moved here, so uh, I grabbed a bad number on New Mexico. Um, I couldn't really figure out who I wanted to pair them with. You want to go a, a money line parlay, but uh, I like the Lobos there, even though I love the Lobos over the weekend, and they got it done. Terrific second half there against San Diego State. We'll see if we can keep that rolling there. Jim Root joining us at Second Chance Points on Twitter. You keep going up and down the board. There's there's a, a lot of really intriguing games. Um, let's go to Kansas State and Baylor. Um, you know you've got ninth ranked Baylor per the AP poll. So once again, as a better, uh, as as many odds makers have told us, they make the the number, not the uh, not the ranking. So Baylor catching points here at Kansas State. This has been a market move here, right? Because Kansas State opened as a dog, Jim. Uh, how do you look at Baylor in the Little Apple tonight? Uh, does Jerome Tang squad pull the upset over the number nine team as a small favorite here? Yeah, the, the Jerome Tang versus old boss matchup yeah. here taking on Scott Drew was on that staff forever uh, down in Waco. I was surprised how far this got steamed. Honestly, um, Kansas State's been kind of bad this year. Uh, they've played a really soft Big 12 schedule so far. Played West Virginia, played UCF at home. About as soft as a stretch gets in the Big 12. And I think they could get exposed against a much better team tonight. And they got shelled at home by Nebraska earlier this year. I think they scored 12 total points in the entire second half. So that doesn't give me a ton of confidence that Manhattan, the Little Apple, is this insane boost venue to this team. Uh, And Baylor has been rock solid, though they are a little bit reliant on three-point shooting. And it has come way back down to earth in in Big 12 play. I think they're at 46% through the first two months of the year. And now into January... They're not hitting everything from beyond the arc like they were. Uh, all that is to say, I still have Baylor a narrow favorite. So the fact that it has flipped over to K-State, I would be more inclined to punch against the market, go back the other way, and, and take the Bears. But I am a little bit nervous about the, the Big 12 home court. So I have not bet that game, considering it, though, uh, as we get closer to tip-off here. All right, well, speaking of Big 12 home courts, Iowa State on the road against BYU. Pretty intriguing matchup. BYU laying 4.5, about 145 and a half the total. Do you have anything here in this ranked matchup? Uh, nothing on side. I gut lean to BYU. I think we're going to get a much better home performance. Their home opener in the Big 12 was a dud. Got got really kind of schooled by Cincinnati. They stole one on the road at UCF. Now I think we see a, a kind of a surge performance. But 
Uh, didn't like the number too much. I do like the under, which is anti-market here. Uh, this got bet up from around 140 and a half, 141, I think. I think Iowa State really struggles to score. They played a lot slower in Big 12 play, too. I think their tempo was really inflated by a horrific schedule. They just ran teams up and down at home, turned them over quickly. I don't think they're going to be able to do that on the road here at BYU. So they're going to struggle a little bit to score in the half court against BYU's size. Uh, and BYU also very reliant on three-point shooting. Perhaps you get not a incendiary night against a team that can make you pretty uncomfortable, both handling the ball and beyond the arc. Uh, so I do like the under. I think the pace helps out, and uh, Iowa State's inefficiency is a key part of that too. Jim Root joining us here on Vsin Primetime. And Jim, I'm looking at the uh, the futures market. Purdue currently minus 225 to win the Big Ten despite two conference losses, and the Badgers have a zero in the loss column right now. Wisconsin at plus 275, both on uh, on the road tonight, Purdue at Indiana, Wisconsin at Penn State. We could do big picture, or if there's something that you do like in the in either one of these games, but uh, what do you make of the Big Ten as a whole and anything you like from either one of these games tonight? I think that market's wrong. I, I don't think Purdue should be that big of a favorite to win the conference. Wisconsin's already got two tough road wins. They won at East Lansing. They won at Ohio State. Those normally you would have pegged as, as losses early in the season. So to get those out of the way, to already have a two-game lead, they do play Purdue twice, so that's where the Boilermakers can make up ground. But I think that should be closer to like minus 160, plus 180 at this point. Everything we've seen from Wisconsin is that they're actually good. They're legitimate. They're, their offense rocks. So I'm inclined to, to lean towards Wisconsin in that market. I don't have anything in the Wisconsin-Penn State game, but I also have the under in Purdue-Indiana. I think Indiana's defense shows up better when they're motivated, and this is a, as motivated a spot as you'll get for them in Assembly Hall. And meanwhile, Purdue, I think, is a, is a rock-solid defensive team, too. They can take away the paint. Uh, the, the two bigs for Indiana playing through where playing through renew is going to be tough against the size of Purdue in the paint. So I, I think that one slows a little bit down because both teams want to play through their size and, and both defenses can kind of thwart what the offenses want to do there. He's our good friend, Jim Root, the three man weave also a part of the action network as well at second chance points. Jim, always appreciate it, man. Enjoy the weekend out. Uh, I know you're not going to the Bay area, but enjoy your Packers on uh, Saturday night. I considered it. I looked at flights, but I, 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 can't, I can't pull it off. So I'll be enjoying the game Saturday night here from Chicago. Jim, appreciate it as always. There he is, Jim Root, our good friend. By the way, out to, number, out to four Cincinnati against TCU. I mean, just chalk it up as a victory, right? Closing line value, baby. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.